while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome back to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. I'm Chris. And uh, we're actually joined now um, by uh, Rep. Carol Doherty of Taunton. Hey, Rep. Doherty, how are you? I'm very well. My my abject apology for being an hour late. Oh, it's it's cool that we know it's a different time zone in Taunton. So, uh, <laughs> so absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate. Yeah, that. no problem. So uh, before we get started, if you'd like to just you know we have a lot of members of the legislature on, and while there's undoubtedly some members of the le- uh, some uh, people in our listening audience that are familiar with who you are and the work you do, there might be others that aren't. So if you give give a give us an opportunity, I want to give you an opportunity to uh, introduce yourself to the, uh, to the audience. Sure. So, uh, again, I'm Carol Doherty, serving uh, my first term in the state legislature as state representative for the 3rd Bristol District, made up of most of Taunton and a little piece of Easton. In the redistricting, uh, I have gained one and a half precincts in Easton, so I'll be representing two and a half precincts uh, and the rest in Taunton. So I share Taunton with uh, Representative Pat Haddad, who represents Precincts 6 in Taunton, and Representative Norm Orell, who represents 3 and 4. Sure. I represent the rest. So that's that part of it. I am an educator by career. I started as a classroom teacher in New Bedford, as a matter of fact, for a wow. little bit of the time. Yeah, I know. And then I moved to to Taunton and continued my career here for a number of years. And during that period of time, I became very active in the teachers' union, local, regional, and then state, and ultimately was elected for two two-year terms to president, the presidency of the Massachusetts Teachers Association. And I think that's where I cut my teeth on politics. Of course. I, um, and uh, prior to, all, to the presidency, I was a classroom teacher and elementary school guidance counselor. When I left the presidency of MTA, there were two two-year terms available, and so I couldn't, uh, could not continue to serve. That remains that way today, as a matter of fact. So I uh, kind of uh, spent some time doing political consulting and educational consulting, uh, went to Lesley University and worked there a while in the Graduate School of Education, and then I moved on to Northeastern University, where I remained in the School of Education as Director of Professional Development for 18 years. So that was the bulk of my career, 17 years in, in schools and in elementary schools uh, here in, uh, in New Bedford and Taunton, and 18 years in uh, the School of Education at Northeastern University. When I, when I came, uh, when I finished my my career of 18 years at uh, Northeastern, I thought to myself, my goodness, I've had all of this experience. What, what am I going to do with it? You know, classroom teacher, guidance counselor, union president, university experience. What am I going to do with it? So I decided that I would continue my 
education career pathway and ran for the Taunton School Committee where I served for five two-year terms. And when the state representative seat became vacant two and a quarter years ago, when the then state representative Shona O'Connell moved on to run for mayor, which is the position she now holds, I won the state representative seat. And that's the whole story. That's the whole story. So I wanted to ask you about that because um, you you won that seat from Sean O'Connell. Sean O'Connell uh, is a Republican who held that seat for some time, um, and you're not, and you ran up, up against a, a Republican uh, Taunton City Councilor uh, at the time uh, and, and beat her. Um, how were you able to flip that district? Well, uh, let me see. So Shauna served for 10 years. You're absolutely right. And then uh, she vacated the seat, so she was not in the seat. Right. Uh, A now-seated city councilor who was not at the time. Okay. For the seat as well. So it was a vacant seat for both of us, uh, challenging one another for that seat. Um, Although one one would imagine having had the mayor hold the seat as a Republican for that many years that it would be... Um, a natural kind of evolution for another Republican. But you have to remember that I, I have uh, developed years and years of relationships with parents and students when I was uh, in in the classroom and as an elementary guidance counselor and then continuing on to develop those relationships as a public servant on the Taunton School Committee. So I had a lot of yeah. public service behind me and a lot of goodwill had uh, been generated over all of those years just serving the public so i think that um people know you Pe- people know exactly, you and they like you exactly yeah yeah exactly. That, that's yeah, that's thanks i like the like part <laughs> <laughs> so uh we're speaking with carol doherty she's a state rep uh in taunton uh representing taunton and parts of uh easton as well so um you you just said it was your first term because the special election was in 2020 um you're running for your you're running for your second term now um uh what um how how was your first term? Like what what uh you know what did you work on? Um, what were your experiences? So the the first term, like everybody's first term during the pandemic, we yeah. The, I I launched my campaign in the December prior to the year of the election. Okay. And we of course the, our memory for all of us is immediate lockdown in March, and so the campaign strategies that we had developed at the time we had to pivot. Yeah. And it meant that. Uh, we had to figure out ways in which we could reach the constituency, the electorate, uh, during a pandemic. And it was tricky because there was no, obviously there was door to door, but no knocking. It was knock and drop, no talking at the doors, always, uh, wearing a mask, uh, to be protective, not only of myself, but also of the people that, uh, that we were trying to reach. And you know what I did? I started up a program called Conversations with Carol and Friends, and a Facebook Live program once a month to bring people who were listening uh, the various issues, particularly as they focused on on healthcare during uh, during the pandemic. And I still do that to this day. I enjoy bringing interesting topics i hope interesting topics to the public who tune in and have an opportunity obviously to listen and to uh, answer questions and i think it's kind of like a town hall meeting but 
uh, virtual. Uh, so it it really, I believe it really worked. And of course, then we did the traditional things of the campaigning. Uh, we did phoning, of course, um, and, and, and that kind of thing. And we did demonstrations and sign holding and all of the traditional ways in which you reach the public. But obviously during the pandemic as a at, at a distance. So when I was sworn in, the state house was in lockdown still and didn't really open to the public until just this past spring. And so all of our deliberations were done with an iPhone, <clears throat> with a computer. So I'd have my iPhone there so that I could vote when called upon to vote and my computer on tuned into the legislative session so I could witness what was going on in the chamber, which was focused on the podium. Absolutely. So it was very, very interesting. And so all of the work was done virtually. I think that the benefit of that uh, virtual uh, uh, participation for the general public was the way in which hearings on legislation was conducted. They're all conducted virtually, and that meant that more people from the farthest reaches of the Commonwealth could participate virtually. So they didn't have to drive into town. Interesting. could simply connect into the, the hearing and be able to testify and give their perspective and point of view. The other benefit, uh, I believe, was the caucuses. Now, mind you, I had no experience in the legislature right. at that time. So the caucuses, uh, and so there are a variety of caucuses that are available to us for, uh, across the board. You think of the issue, there's a caucus for that issue. We met virtually, and so it was really an opportunity to get to know faces and names of colleagues who one would ordinarily meet in the chamber in the State House and interact and talk with one another. And to those people who had been around for a while, they said that it was ideal because when you're sitting in a room with a lot of people, there's a lot of distractions. Uh, when you're uh, uh, participating virtually, the distractions are lessened and you're more able to focus on the debate and the dialogue. So I, I found that beneficial. But I'll tell you, there was always a missing piece for me. Uh, and that that was the uh, the opportunity to be in the chamber and actually participate yeah. uh, in person in the deliberations. And so that puzzle piece is in place. And here we are today running again for re-election. Uh, we're speaking with Representative Doherty of Taunton and Easton. Um, uh, Representative Doherty, I, I have a question. Because I come from a family of public school teachers, you're obviously an expert in the field. Um Without criticizing your colleagues, unless you want to, um, how did you? How did you? Uh, how do you think your expertise was? Was it appreciated? Was it accepted when you got to the legislature? How, how's that been for you? Well, so the answer is yes, okay. but um, yes, but okay. because <laughs> we are uh, we are all invited at the beginning of every legislative session to submit the committees, the three or four committees that you want to serve on. And because my background is in education, I really felt that I could bring the most expertise as an educator to the uh, Joint Committee on Education. And I was disappointed that I didn't get that appointment. But I did get an appointment to the Joint Committee on Children, Families, and Persons with Disabilities. Very critical committee as well. Definitely. And I think that the uh, folks who were uh, had been in the legislature for a while who were advising me said, well, you really should try 
to spread your wings <laughs> and learn new things. So for me, the dilemma was learn new things, which is really important, of course, but also how could I best use what I brought to the list. Of course, sure. and That is my experience over all of yeah. those years in education. So when I'm reelected, I'm going to put the Joint Committee on Education on the top of my list once again uh, and lobby for that uh, in this instance, and we'll see what happens. So. Um, I just want to ask you, it's just a personal question. I, I um, When I was a kid, I grew up in Freetown. My my mother was from Taunton. My, my nana was from Taunton. And ah. we, I went to a little school called Brick House. Which is run oh, by yes. Mrs. Doherty. And I wonder if you're in any relation to her. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm not, but I know where the brick house is and uh and at the time and it still is uh, uh an early learning center of of great and very positive reputation. It so, was. Oh, we we drove so there. How long did you stay there? Just pre- I was there till I was in twelfth grade. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Probably <laughs> one year, maybe yes. two years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still there. No, my um, but my parents, um, they they knew about it and they they really liked it and they my my brothers went there. I went there. Kids in our neighborhood in Freetown went there uh, because you know. The reputation—it was I mean, fantastic, and um, so yeah, I, I didn't—I didn't know it was still around. Yep, still around, as far as I know. That's wild. Uh, right down, right down there off Ashland Street, uh, on the other side of town from where I live. That would have been oh, the yeah. 1970s. I went there. Yeah. Oh, so you're just a kid, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Rep, Rep Doherty, um, I, uh, when I met you, we were in Taunton doing the. Uh, Doing the business walk with uh, with Moore Healy and uh, and Senator Pacheco, and uh, I was talking to uh, Attorney General Healy, soon to be Governor Healy, and uh, she um, every question I asked, uh, she said she found a way to pivot to. Well, I really support uh, Carol Doherty for representative. I need her back in the state house. So, what does it mean to get that sort of um, enthusiastic support from the Attorney General? Well, that, that's very exciting. Uh, she she came to uh, advance my campaign. I uh, had thought initially she was coming, obviously, to you know to advance her own candidacy as well. But she was a very uh, and you were there the entire yeah. time, and so you heard her say uh, many times whenever there was an opportunity to say it, that 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 uh, she thought that I was a the exemplary state representative and that I should be returned to the state house, and I really really appreciated that she didn't have to do that not all politicians at that level are like that i found that to be very giving uh honest uh response to the questions that she was being being asked i also think that um i mean we you know how it is down ballot there are a lot there are a lot of things on the ballot uh this november 8th uh, lots of candidates for various offices and the four ballot questions and so uh, what the expectation is, is that she, because she's doing so well in the polls, will bring that Democratic vote out and that will help the down-ballot candidates, and in this instance, myself. So I'm, I'm uh, looking forward to, uh, to uh, having that opportunity with her support. I've also been endorsed by Senator Markey and um, Congressman Alkenklaus, as well as local folks who are in leadership positions uh, as well. And so it's really been 
gratifying for me. It's really nice to have someone say, gosh, you're doing a good job. Let me put my yeah. name on your list. It's really something I have to say. Uh, yeah, Jake Auchincloss is a friend of the show. I think he's doing great work up there. And uh, rare in too. politics, right? Yeah. I mean, it's nice to have a break from the beating on each other. Isn't it nice to just have someone say something nice for a change <laughs> maybe i've lost my edge but anyway i like that yes thank you very much for that <laughs> so what are the other issues besides education that, that, that are moving you for next year well i so interestingly enough so, so of course the economy is getting in the way of advancing uh issues that we would ordinarily advance i think i mean we, you don't know what's going to turn up on the on the agenda in terms of legislation that's filed and it's all over the place 3500 pieces of uh legislation about everything that one could regulating and uh, uh setting into the law everything anything that you could think about but um I'm finding, so obviously my primary goal is the economy and attempting to lower costs and the ways in which we can do that for the people in the Commonwealth. I think that, that one of the ways uh, to do that, of course, is to ultimately, when we get back into the House in January, to adopt that tax benefits package that uh, we have been, so all of us uh, legislators have been so looking forward to moving the economic development bill uh, and including the tax benefit package, the tax benefit package piece of that's not going to be taken up until after the first of the year with the new uh, legislature. Yeah. Um, but I think that that there are companion bills. So the focus is on wanting to put money in the pockets of low and moderate income people primarily, people who are going to be most affected by the uh, by inflation. Mm-hmm. But I, I also see companion, what I call, my word, companion bills, things like universal school meals, for example. Right. So parents are not having to dig into their pocket to pay for their child's school meal. Right. We have appropriated $150 million to provide school meals for everyone, for every single child. So there is no... A special card that you have to give, no stigma because right. you're getting the right. cheese sandwich and not the full meal, right. which yeah. is what they used to Incredible. do in the olden days. Sure. Things like um, a child care support, so uh, early childhood education, providing resources to support early childhood education and child care centers so that it drives down the cost for families because child care is very expensive. So uh, providing, so that's a way of putting or keeping money in the pockets of people. Um, I understand that in the economic development bill, there's some substantial funds to support, uh, to mitigate the rising cost of home heating, whether it's natural gas or oil or that kind of thing. Provided people are qualified, there's going to be resources to help to support people get through through the winter with the rising cost of uh, energy that, uh, that we're facing. So... It's that kind of thing, but as equally important is housing. I have received in the past week no fewer than five constituent requests to help with various, in various ways with housing, from uh, accessing raft funding to finding public housing for people uh, to encouraging the construction uh, and more resources for affordable housing. It's really a growing a growing crisis in the Commonwealth, if not across the country, and I would like to be a part of 
working. There are, there are a lot of bills that are out there, a lot of resources, a lot of grants that are available from emergency housing for homeless people through providing uh, mortgages uh, for people. There's a, recently um, some COVID money, I believe, has been uh, set aside for something called the DREAMS Act. Uh, it's called Massachusetts Dreams, and it provides upfront cash to first-time home buyers. So there's been uh, $65 million set aside for that purpose, particularly targeted at gateway cities, Taunton being a gateway city, New Bedford, Fall River, uh, in the southeast. So it's that kind of thing that I think that we really want to put pen to paper and advocate for to help to support people in many ways uh, that might be available to us. We might not be able to change the price of that loaf of bread, <laughs> but we can certainly try to mitigate the impact of uh, rising prices for people in the Commonwealth. We're speaking with Representative Doherty of Taunton and Easton. Uh, Representative, um, you brought up home buyers, first-time home buyers. Uh, one of your Bristol County colleagues who's a regular here on the show, uh, Christopher Markey of Dartmouth and New Bedford, um, he brings that up all the time, that the real game-changer is, is home ownership. That is so important. Once you buy a home, he says, how does he put his kids through college? He's barring against his house, you know. That once you have a home, it's, it really changes the trajectory of your entire family. Um, talk a little bit about that. I assume you, you share that that feeling. Well, I absolutely share that sentiment. We know that when people are in a stable environment, it improves their lives. It improves the opportunity to get stable work. Uh, it uh, provides uh, the opportunity for children to stay in their school, not just for six months, but maybe perhaps throughout their entire elementary career or otherwise. Mm-hmm. It helps to improve the economy in a community. People have stable homes, stable jobs. Uh, they can look forward to sending their child to the same school for an extended period of time. It just improves life all around for everyone. Uh, so I think that this this Mass Dreams program, and maybe Representative Markey had a hand in that. I don't know. Uh, but it certainly is important for us to. So we want to. So we go from emergency housing to transitional housing to first-time home buyers, uh, and uh, everything else in between. Helping people to pay their rent, getting uh, emergency uh, money to people through the RAFT program, for example, to help them to catch up on their rent to avoid eviction. So this, it's just across the board. And you're absolutely right. It makes a better community, and it improves the business environment. People have got a job. They've got a home. They got a job. They're they're uh, paying their bills. They're shopping locally. Their kids are going to school. What else is there? You know? <laughs> right. No. It's it's life. I mean, it's 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 a really important thing. And you and you know you you have Taunton and Easton. Both of those areas are really affected by the Boston real estate market. As as they as prices rise in Boston, and um, you feel it a lot in Taunton and Easton. Oh, oh, yes, absolutely. And, you know, I think that there's a also, so the demographic in Taunton has changed mm-hmm. significantly. And I think all down the southeast corridor from Boston to Brockton to Taunton and Fall River and to Bedford, uh, that demographic has changed. When I moved to Taunton in 1965 from our home in Westport, from okay. my home as, a, as growing up there in Westport, I got married, settled in Taunton. There were 26,000 people, residents in the city of Taunton. There's twice that many plus currently. So the demographic has changed. The numbers have changed. Obviously, it has a huge impact. The growth of the community has a huge impact and a positive impact, I think, in many ways 
uh, to the economics of the of the region as well. So, so Rep. Doherty, um, we're you don't have to vote on this up in Totten because I guess you're already an MBTA district because you're border Lakeville now. But we have to, or people in New Bedford have to vote on whether or not to make New Bedford, as long as uh, us in Fairhaven and the surrounding towns, a uh, MBTA district, so we can get South Coast Rail. What are you looking forward to? Um, you know, when South Coast Rail, when the station, uh, the train comes to Totten. When the train comes to China, that sounds like a good book. <laughs> well, well, we are uh, we're, we're excited about it because we wanted the South Coast Rail to go up the Sto- through the Stoughton line, so it was a more direct. Oh, well, didn't route. we all? Yeah, it, yeah. Oh, I guess maybe someday, right? So right. it 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 uh, it's a longer ride from it'll go from Taunton to Middleborough and then up through Brockton and up along that rail. But nonetheless, it's going to it's going to provide an an opportunity for growth in that area of our community where the train will be. We have the legislature has, I think, created. Um, what is it? I don't know if we adopted a, a law or created regulations to require zoning to be changed to allow for building close to where the railroad is going to be. Yeah, so the governor did that, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that, that, thank you for no <laughs> reminding me no how it happened. But the fact of the matter is that our uh, city of Taunton has adopted those zoning requirements and is already looking at uh, how that area is going to be developed in order to meet the governor's mandate to c- you create housing in that area. People are walking to the train station, uh, riding along that rail to their jobs anywhere between here and Boston, not just Boston, but anywhere along the way. And so it really creates a more robust economy, I think, in that way. Think about if you are familiar with Mansfield. Yes. The, the, um, I used to, when I went to Northeastern, I rode the train, I drive over and rode the train from Mansfield, uh, stopped on the campus of Northeastern. Very convenient. 45 minutes and we were in town. You could sleep, you could read, you could do whatever it is that you wanted in that 45 minutes. A little longer journey from here to Boston. Right. But nonetheless, uh, it's, it, it, it creates less of a glut on our highways. Uh, the whole uh, roadmap 2050 where we want to have less of a uh, reliance through the climate change bill on fossil fuels by that time. Uh, so it just has all kinds of positive impact. In in uh, Mansfield, along the Main Street, if you drive along Main Street, you will see um, a growth of apartment buildings, retail on the lower level and apartment buildings on the upper level, yes. apartments on the upper level, all along that Main Street and, and clustered around the railroad station. It's pretty, it's a pretty incredible sight. And I'm imagining, I'm imagining, because I don't know what the development will look like around the railroad here, but um, I'm imagining that it would be something similar, where we are taking advantage of the zoning requirements and providing housing for people, um, um, having them not having to use their automobiles to get to the train to uh, get to work, and it just is a, a win-win situation for all of us here in the southeast. Uh, Rep. Doherty, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, before we let you go, where can people go to learn more about the work you're doing or your campaign? So I have a I have a website. Do you think that I'd remember the just <laughs> Carol Doherty State Rep? Uh, 
You, I have you, a Facebook page, Carol Doherty State Rep. Reelect Carol Doherty State Representative. Uh, you find me on there. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Rep. Doherty. We appreciate it. It's really nice speaking with you. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Oh, thanks. I really appreciate the opportunity. I hope I talk to you the next time, having been reelected. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Good luck. Too. So do we. Good luck. Yeah, bye-bye. Yeah. Bye. All right, we got to take this break. She's, nice. She's not the first state rep to not remember the uh, her website. I always uh, feel like it's a trick question. Yeah, right. I, I think almost every state rep I've I've asked actually because right. they have the they have social media teams and all right. that stuff. So, right. all right, let's take a break. Yes, and I um. So there is uh, this is from Barry Richard. He's he's recuperating, but still uh, still on the job. Um, sent me a. Uh, message apparently a massive fire. This is from New Bedford Live, but there's a massive fire on 296 Hemlock Street where apparently the uh, roof is collapsed. So uh, it looks like, and I'm seeing the video now. It looks like it's a multi. Uh, it looks like a um, a multi-family, so a multi-family home. So uh, if anybody has any information, uh, you know, out there, we know we have some public safety people, some uh, police officers and firefighters that are listening. If you got any more information, any new developments on that big fire, let me know. We know Carlos Felix is there recording it from New Bedford Live. So um, always uh, on the spot, always on the spot, and I appreciate Barry Richard. Uh, who is uh, always on the spot as well. Yes. So 508-996-0500. Good evening. Hi, guys. I appreciate your show. Thank you. I tried to get in to ask Carol a question because she has the credentials to respond to it. I'm a uh, retired Bristol Community College teacher. Okay. What would you teach? I taught English and creative writing. Oh, interesting. Nice. Uh, I worked as a tutor in the English lab over there. You were? Years ago. What year? Oh, let me see. In the 90s? Well, I was there. Dr. Tinsberg ran I was not in the lab. I was just a regular professor. Tinsberg ran But I used to be in uh, EOC, Economic uh, Development uh, segment for uh, uh, poverty people. And I enjoyed that years before I was a professor. But as as far as Carol was concerned, um, I would have asked her, uh, because uh, uh, a question about free community college. Now, I'm retired, so I don't have a dog in the game. A couple of years ago, I called up the union. Uh, because I heard what Gina Romaldo did over in uh, Rhode Island, and she got free community college. Uh, mm-hmm. It seems to have stalled on free uh, bachelor programs, four-year programs. I haven't heard anything about that. Okay. And uh, Maine uh, has also uh, initiated uh, and is running free community college, and our President Biden, seven months ago, said the entire nation needs community college and there wouldn't be so many uh, students in debt. So uh, when I called that union official who was on a talk show regarding some other issue, I asked, what's the story with the MTA? Okay. What's their position? And he said, it's, it's stalled in debate for the past year. Uh, now, if Maine can do it, if uh, Rhode Island can do it, and I believe uh, Oregon does it too, uh, what's the problem with Massachusetts, Carol? And where do you stand on uh, free community college? What and, is it? Uh, then what there it? would be less an uh, issue of paying back loans, wouldn't there? Oh, absolutely. What 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 did you hear when uh, what, what, you tell me? What do you think is the is the impediment? 
Well, I think it is the union. Okay. Uh, uh, it, now, at Bristol Community College, you had quite a few, quite a large percentage of disadvantaged students. Yes. And amongst them could also be troubled students because poverty breeds uh, mental illness and emotional disturbances, amongst other things. Sure. And I think uh, the union was trying, those who disagreed, and she said it was in debate, there must have been some that said, yes, let's have it free. Right. I think amongst those that don't uh, like it, uh, they worry about uh, students who haven't invested a lot of money in the process and uh, would not um, uh, behave properly okay. with right. uh, impulse control disorders. Okay. That, you know, that I encountered that as a teacher, P- students that just blurt out things. They don't raise their hands or anything, or, or they kind of dominate uh, subgroup discussions to a, a dysfunctional level, etc. Yes. So uh, I believe that the union was overprotecting uh, those teachers who uh, uh, don't want to deal with That's more. very interesting. I hadn't even thought well, about it from that angle. Well, you know what? Uh, I, I definitely want to have her on again. Um, I'm, you know, if she wins re-election, I'm assuming she's going to, but, you know, I don't know. Right. I tried to get in with the call because she has the background to answer what were the meetings like in which the right. debated at. It's Who a, said what? It's a good. It's a good question for sure. You know what? Let's see if we can get her in studio next time because I don't like doing the calls. Right. Right. Uh, with, I don't like doing the calls when I got the guests on the phone. It doesn't sound good. Are, and, are you a regular listener, sir? Well, a regular enough to appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. Thank, <laughs> thank you, you very thank much. You. I, I will yeah, say this. But you can't do everything. So, right. uh, like, uh, if you're going to exclude calls, you you could exclude someone like me who, <laughs> who, knows, who knows about that issue. No, I know no, about that issue. I'm disappointed in the uh, MTA's, uh, you know, uh, stall on it. And I know uh, many people... Uh, going to suffer and society will suffer there's already statistics from sociologists that say we'll have a 70 percent shortage of college degree people to fill bureaucratic positions in mm-hmm. government and corporations and businesses uh, because you have to show you've got uh, willpower determination and stick-to-itiveness uh, to be a good worker and uh, regardless of your major in college, if you can get through it with all the problems you have today, right. uh, you're such a person and we, we don't need lackluster bureaucrats <laughs> filling in those positions in the future. Sir, but there's a 70% shortage uh, predicted. Sir, I'm going to hold you there because the phone lines are full. I appreciate the call. Well, Thank you, so you deserve it. Thank you, sir. Thank, Thank you. you. 508-996-0500. Good evening. You're live. Hey, what's going on? Hey, I was at that fire probably about maybe 40 minutes ago. Okay. okay. And uh, I don't know how much I can add to the story about it, but I tell you, when I was watching it, it was uh, popping through one of the dormers on the roof, and the firemen were uh, really putting a lot of water on that thing. I thought maybe it was going to be out, but it didn't seem to uh, abate through the dormer that it was popping through. Really? In fact, in fact, it just burst through another end. It, like, ran from that, that dormer. The, the dorm that was facing the north, and it, right. it, 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 it burst through the end of the house that was facing east. Wow. Wow. It, it was just escalating when I was there. And the uh, the plume of smoke wasn't really a vertical one. It was like laying down like a cigar over the horizon. Really? And it, yeah, it was probably about uh, a plume of smoke, probably about a 
maybe an eighth of a mile long and probably about a good couple hundred, three hundred feet high. Wow. It's, it, it's a fire I haven't seen like the, the nature of before. I wonder Nick, what... did you get a sense anybody was in the building? Um, I didn't get that sense okay. at all. All right, good, no. good. Yeah, that's good. It looked, like, it looked like maybe they had already got some people out of there because there was a ladder still up against the... It was a two-decker with like a, a dormer attic, and uh, there was a ladder up against the uh, one of the windows on the second floor, and nobody was anywhere around that ladder. So okay. whoever was in there, I think they had already gotten them out. Jeepers, that, wow. it's, it's, it's a I wonder what scary caused business. It. Yeah. It, it, makes, it makes you just realize that you know, life can just change in an instant. Oh, yeah, my God, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, thank right. you for the call. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thank you. Um, that's those, terrifying. Those firefighters every every day. You know, Mark says a story. We had a couple of weeks ago here at WBSM about a guy who covered over a woman with his, with his fire equipment, right? Mm-hmm. A firefighter. Literally protected the woman from the fire. That's training. Yeah. That's that's confidence in your equipment. Yeah. That is um, also just real Courageous. pure courage. Yeah, exactly. Just pure courage. But you wouldn't have that courage if you didn't have the training and the confidence in your equipment. Absolutely. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Hey, good evening. Hey. Hey, I had a question. Um, so I've been listening to the uh, all the uh, advertising for the sheriff race. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that uh, Paul Harrell, all the advertisers, they call his name is Paul Hero now. Yes. Yeah. And so I'm like, wow, that's so weird. So I went on YouTube <laughs> and I'm like, is it really his name or am I just mis- mispronouncing it? So there's actually a YouTube video. It's called Election 2017 Candidate Statement Dash Paul Harrell. Okay. And he says, hi, my name is Paul Harrell. <laughs> it's a very like, strange like, thing. What happened? To- <laughs> yeah. I just so. want to go on the record and say, my name is McCarthy, and it always has been. Yeah, right. I mean, I don't get it. It's a very strange... At first, I thought it was yeah. a joke. I thought it was okay. other people mispronouncing it. But apparently, he does mis- He does change the way he pronounces his name from time to time. It's I, weird. I, I, yeah. I, uh, he himself I, says Harrell. Yeah. Yes. I, I, think, I think it's like hero. Like, that's what he wants. Like, it's a... Uh, I think a marketing yeah. thing. I know it's very yeah. strange. It's, it is strange, though. Yeah. 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 So that's all I got. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. I appreciate so that. The mystery, <laughs> Good to know. Anyway, um, uh, Michael Michael Rocker to call him on that, actually. Yeah. So we have stuff at WB at, at uh, fun107.com. Yeah. Uh, you can read more about that's it. It's, it's a strange thing to a very strange election. I think maybe what. Uh, I think what. He he may have maybe should have done is realized earlier he could say hero and it would sound cooler. Yes. Yeah. I had a teacher in seventh grade, Miss Haru. So when I saw his name, I always knew how to pronounce it because yeah, we, yeah. we had her for for a teacher. You know, at first, and I I worked with a lot of people who had the last name with the X. You know, so I knew how to pronounce it. But so when he started pronouncing hero, I, I just thought it was strange. But. Let's go back to the phones. Good evening. You're live. Good evening. Hey. Hi. The guest you had on sounds like such a sweet woman. Yeah, she's very nice. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I know. Sometimes I have questions already planned for the guests. I couldn't ask. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to be a jerk. <laughs> yeah, I can. I can I see know, why. I can see why she won the uh, won her election because yeah. I, I think everybody likes her. Yes. Right. She seems genuine and kind yes. and yeah. nice, and I can't imagine her getting in a spitting match the way the sheriff's debate went. The way <laughs> right, the DA's right. no, 
today. Yeah. The way she didn't serve our purposes at all. <laughs> no, there was no blood drawn. Yeah. But I'm saying, you can you imagine what could get done if people could maintain civility like that? Yeah. No, no, it's, no, it's true. It's really true. Um, really, normally I have a bunch of questions. I just, I would listen to her talk all night. I, I, I found her very yeah. fascinating. Yeah. And genuine, yeah, and genuine. She, yeah, she seems genuine. She seems, you know, what you would want in a candidate. It seems very few and far between that we have people that that don't seem to have that biting edge. And right, it's like, right. it was refreshing. It was. <laughs> That's why I didn't ask her about illegal aliens. <laughs> <laughs> don't well, ruin it for me, Carol. <laughs> debate, you know, and you guys weren't, like, jumping on her. No, but no. still, I just... She doesn't seem like she, she pulls the claws out. But towards the end, she was mentioning the train. Yes. And yeah. I believe, I'm not even sure if it was, it was on the station, but I don't know if it was on your show. There was um, a guest, I do not recall his name, but he was a realtor, and he also... Paul, Paul, you know, Paul Chase. Yeah, Paul Chase. Paul, Paul Chase. He's the chairman of uh, Rail to Boston, too, uh, on top of being uh, the chair, the president of the Realtors Association. Right. So what I'm saying is what he was trying to make people believe that night was that there will not be a big, um, up, you know, a, a jump in the cost of homes and renting in this area. Oh, it's going to go but through I'm the roof. Thinking, but, but he was literally saying, no, there's not going to be, because there's already, a, a you know, kind of like a crisis situation, shortage of, mm-hmm. of housing. They're trying to scramble and, and build more, and, and and he's saying it won't. So I'm saying... I didn't hear him, so I can't it. say what he said, but I would just tell you that I don't know I anybody to, that feels that I have way. To, I have to play it again, but I think what he might have been saying is it's already going up, so it's not going to make it any worse. Oh, Oh, that's already built in. It will make it worse, though, because yeah. if you're a realtor first, baked into it. The, the speculation's already board? been baked in. I think is what I you're see what saying. You're saying. Yeah. So it's already that's already been that cost has already been speculated. Is what they're trying to say. Right, but I, I just found it a little bit weird that he's a real. You know, he's, he's first he was real estate, then he got mm-hmm. into like the rail, and now wouldn't that be beneficial to him if it went up? So I'm saying, yes. I, I don't necessarily fully believe that it's not going to if it does what they expect the rail to do mm-hmm. there's no doubt prices are going up and people are already struggling of course i, yeah, I mean so. uh, yeah i would say that everywhere else that has been a train to include the trains to the west in the 1800s the real estate has gone up i mean yeah. There are entire industries built around but trains. But it's, it's good for homeowners. In the, it's definitely good for homeowners in the city, right? Yes. It's good for homeowners in Fairhaven, too. Well, it, it's sort it's of, overall but now good. These, your houses will assess. If people never plan to sell their homes, it really means, you know, they're going to be assessed at more. Your taxes will go up. There's some elderly people that don't want to be squeezed out of the neighborhood. Well, and if their taxes go up any higher... Or they don't want to raise the rent if they're homeowners that, you know, have rental properties. I mean, I think everyone's like, oh, this is good. This is good for everyone. But there's definitely some... There's going to be change. There's There's, going to be change. There's going to be some change. I think what, you know, it's it's also going to diversify the tax base a bit more so that they might not necessarily necessarily need to raise your property taxes at, uh, you know, uh, an alarming rate. But but the the reality of it is, is that... You can't hold back a region just because you don't want your property value to go up. Yeah. No, you can't. But the you people know? that are voting on it are going to make that decision for themselves. <laughs> and if they, you know, unless unless there was some definite um, things on the hook that are going to drive up 
the economy, right. you know, and drive up business in the area. We're like, hey, let's see where this where this goes. So, but but most people um, want to see the value of their home rise. I do agree that it might cost them more. It will cost yeah. them more in taxes. But the end result is. The value of your property today is going to be worth a hell of a lot more in the future, and that is the goal. That's the goal of who exactly? Well, most people want their property to rise, the value of your property. Most people have an end game where they sell it. Not everyone, but right, most but people. if they're trying to maintain that home today and they're not planning to sell it, the value going up, yes, if they leave it to their children or whatever, but right now the economy is a little bit scary for people to go, hey, my house is going to be worth more. Is it though? But now me, are you going to be able to maintain the house or, or are you going to be putting it into taxes? You know, there's a, there's a lot to consider with that, is, which, I, which is why I found the real estate guy saying that it's not going to drive up prices. I was like, so we got to we, we take a break. Thanks for the call. A, um, thank oh, you. Though. Sorry. I didn't mean no, to do that. Right. We, we got to take a break. Download the double. <laughs> We're just joking about how I, I probably I spent my day just deeply embittered and angry and and, and and Carol Doherty just comes on and is like a ray of sunshine. It was so nice. She's so much better than me. <laughs> so hey, listen, I got to take another break. If you're on the line, hey, uh, I would say call back later on in the program because we got Ted Nisi coming up, and then we'll take your calls at five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Yeah, call back. 